praise the Lord. Hopefully everybody is in and on, and uh, we're having a little bit of technical um, difficulties, but we God is still good anyhow. Um, I just want to welcome everybody tonight, and I uh, hope you can um, hear me okay. I'm trying to get in touch with Ramonda to uh, make sure y'all can hear me. All right, very good. She said all things are working. All right, so very good, very good. All right, so I want to welcome everybody tonight to the um, Women of Wisdom Bible Study. And brothers, you are welcome to join us as well. Uh, My name is uh, Evangelist Dara Russell, and I'm so excited, you guys, to be back. This is our first um, Bible study for the new year. So I just want to say Happy New Year. I hope everybody had a great holiday and a great new year. Um, I myself brought in the new year sick. Um, I um, had had a cold almost the whole month of uh, December, and I just could not seem to shake that thing. And um uh, uh, my chest was hurting, and finally I went to the doctor, and I told her, I said, you know, you're going to have to do something because something is wrong. Finally, they did a CT scan and found out that I had pneumonia. So I got the CT scan results back on the 29th of December. So from the 29th of December for about the first couple of weeks of January, I had pneumonia, um, and I was on antibiotics. So I kind of stayed in. I didn't really go out um, because, you know, that's kind of hard. Um you know, trying to be out and have fun and hang out with people when you just really don't feel well. I drank um, plenty of uh, liquids, um, trying to, uh, you know, just to feel better. So I'm just, you know, so grateful to be back. And again, you know, this is our first, our very first uh, class of the year. All right. So I just want to welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I know I had invited some of my, uh, some friends of mine, hopefully you guys are on here, Uh, one from Kentucky, um, hopefully she's on here, and, you know, I just want to say thanks to everybody that came out tonight. So we ended up, ended with uh, Genesis, we we did Genesis chapter 20 and Genesis chapter 21. So tonight what I'm going to do is we're going to redo 21 because the the way it happens is 21 kind of sets the stage for 22 and then 22 sets the stage for 23 and so on and so on and so on. So if you don't kind of have the back information, um, it's kind of not going to make sense. Okay, especially if you're new to the Bible study. All right, so what we're doing is we're doing a walk through Genesis and Exodus. After we finish um, Exodus, we are not going to do Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We're going to use those as point scriptures when we, we're going to refer back to them through other books. Okay, so because it's just it's a lot of information, and we're trying to you know get to some of these awesome stories of the the Bible, Joshua and Judges, and you know when we get to the Kings and. I mean, there's just a lot of uh, good information, and I always say that it's very good to know Old Testament scripture because all, a, a, a little bit of the knowledge of Old Testament scripture will help you 
um, when you get to the New Testament. Um, you know, when a lot of quotes in the New Testament is Old Testament scripture. So if you don't have any too much knowledge of Old Testament um, scripture, you're not really going to understand the New. Okay, so tonight we are going to start with um, Genesis chapter 21, uh, and tonight I'm going to end the show a little bit. Um, y'all know, um, Sister Dara, I can see a bird outside, and the Lord will speak to me through this bird. I will get something. Okay, it, it happens just like that. So I have been um, approached several times by the people, and I'm explaining that to y'all later, and the Lord said, now listen, three times these people have approached you, and three times you're still not getting what I'm trying to tell you, but, but on, well, two times, but on the third time when this person approached me, um, I got it, okay? The Lord let me receive the message that he was trying to give me, and I'm going to give it to y'all the same way he gave it to me, okay? So let's have a we're a quick word of prayer. You know, I always ask your Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for this wonderful, awesome opportunity to be able to study your word, God. We are just we are here with expectancy, with ex, ex, uh, um, excited just to be able to just sit down, open the word, and let you speak to us through the scriptures. As we study your word, God, please give us wisdom, clarity, knowledge, and understanding so that we can learn your will, your way, God. We want to do it your way, God. We don't want to lean on to our own understanding, God. We just want to be able to just hear you say, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. So, Lord, we're just grateful for everybody that's here. Bless those that are here. Bless those that are on their way. Bless those that, for whatever reason, cannot make it, God. But thank God for a recording. So we are asking this uh, in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I hope you guys got y'all's books. Tonight I'm going to be reading, um, let's see, tonight I'm going to do the King James Version, uh, New Living Translation. Uh, I might even do a little bit of the message. It all depends if I get that far. I know I have the, my King James out and my New Living Translation, but I always let you guys know where I'm reading from, okay, um, so that you, um, so that we, you know, you know where it doesn't sound different from what you're looking at and you don't know why, okay? So we're going to start with Genesis chapter 21, and remember, this is the, the finale of Sarah having a baby. Remember, we had been leading up to from Genesis chapter uh, 12, um, the Lord started calling Abraham and saying, listen, I called you all the way back in uh, Genesis 11. I told you to leave your family, go to a place where I show you, and then we're going to take it from there. What I like about God is he gave him bits and pieces. He didn't give him the whole thing at once. He he gave him uh, um, a little bit at a time, and each time it increased his faith, okay? That's the same way um, the Lord does us. He, he if, if the Lord gave us all of it at once, most of us, I, I got my hand in the air, would run, okay? We would just run and go, oh, Lord, that's a lie. How am I going to get from here to there? So if God showed us the ending without showing us the middle, you know, the beginning, the middle, then the end, we wouldn't understand how are we going to get from point A to, to C? Because we have to get to B, okay? So we don't get, we won't get it if we get it all at once. So the way I, I love the way the Lord did it, 
he gave Abraham a little bit at a time, okay? So now in chapter 21, we're going to start the reading at verse 1, okay? And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time uh, of which God had spoken to him. And remember, this was back in Genesis chapter 17, verse 21. He gave him specific instructions, what to do, and to circumcise the child. That's all in Genesis um, chapter 17. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Remember, we said Isaac is um, he who laughs or he laughs, okay? Remember, there was a reason for the laughter. And Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac being eight days old, as God has commanded him. Um, If you can't remember about the circumcision, I did a really good class on spiritual circumcision and physical circumcision is uh, Genesis chapter 17. Um, You can go back and listen to that on iTunes, okay? Um, Abraham circumcised his son, verse 5, and Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. Now, remember, 25 years have passed. That's a long time. We think we get impatient after six months or a year. This is 25 years, okay, 25 years. Remember, by now, Ishmael is like 13, okay? So there's some, there's some time that have, have transpired. Remember, uh, Ishmael was born back in uh, Genesis. Uh, Ishmael was, was back there in uh, uh, Genesis 16. We're all the way up to Genesis chapter 21. Okay, so Ishmael is, 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 is a lad now. He's a lad, okay? He's not a baby anymore, all right? Verse 6, and Sarah said, God had made you to laugh so that all that here will laugh with me. It's a good laugh. That's what Isaac's name means, laugh, okay? He who laughs or laughs, okay? That's what that means. That's why she said that. And she said, verse 7, who would have said unto Abraham, that Sarah should have given children suck, for I have borne him a son in his own in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned. Um, I was explaining to this to somebody the other night, uh, my uh, girlfriend. Um, weaning usually took place at around two to three years old. I know that seems kind of young, but that's, you know, we're in biblical times, you guys. So weaning, uh, technically to me, I think that's a perfect age because that's the time where they need to start being potty training and, you know, eating really good on their own and, you know, running around getting on on folk nerves. I'm just saying. So the child was weaned and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian. Notice it didn't say Hagar the second wife. Gave Abraham to Hagar two wives to make babies with. Then once the baby was, you know, once she got what she thought she wanted, then she was upset. Because now Abraham not only has wife number one, he got a baby mama. Okay? Y'all know that the wife and the mistress in the same house is not going to work. Remember I told you back in Genesis chapter 16, even though it was legal to have more than one wife, it was not morally right 
So that's why there's friction going on in the house. Because now Sarah's like, listen, I got a son, the real son, the true son, because I'm the wife. Look at her. Okay, so now there's animosity in the house. Okay? All right, so now she said, um, the, the, he was, uh, verse 9, she was mocking, okay? Verse 10, wherefore she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. Notice she didn't say the second wife, the baby mama, none of that. She's a bondwoman. A bondwoman is a slave, okay? She's an Egyptian slave. And the scriptures refer to her as a bondwoman or a slave. They never refer to her as a wife, okay? All right. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. Well, first of all, God had already made that plain, okay? Even though she's kind of um, pushing her weight around because she's the wife. You know, you, know how, you know how the brothers are, happy wife, happy life. So, you know, I'm going to just be quiet and let her do what she do. Even though the Lord had already said that Ishmael and Isaac are two separate children, one is a promise and one is not. And we're going to talk about that. All right. She said, not even with Isaac. Verse 11. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. Now, grievous in this sense, like Abraham was sorrowful, crying sorrowful, sad sorrowful, uh, shaking violently sorrowful because that's his first son. Okay, that's his first son. Him and Ishmael been tight like, um, you know, thick and thieves for the last 13 years. They've just been one-on-one, him and Ishmael. But now the son of promise, the one that God promised, is born. And they cannot share the same faith. There is a reason why. There is a biblical reason why. Okay, and we're going to get to that. Um, and God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. Notice, see, God called her the bondwoman as well, so she's not the second wife, okay? In all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And so of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. So look, I call them them trickle-down blessings. You got blessed because who you was attached to, okay? So he's telling him, listen, no, Ishmael can't stay, but because he is of your seed, I am still going to bless him. Remember, you guys, I told you all the way back when um, Ishmael was first born, Ishmael and Isaac are the beginning pretty much of the Israeli um, um, Arab conflict, okay, because Isaac is the forefather of the uh, Israelite or the Israelis, and Ishmael is the forefather of the Arab nation, okay? So the Israeli-Arab conflict started right here, okay? You got brother against brother. They got same father, different mothers. Okay, they are still Abraham's seed, but only one is heir to the promise. Okay, all right, so Ishmael is still going to be blessed, 
nation, you know, they're still, he's still going to be a, a great nation. Look at all them Arabs that are over there now. They're still fighting in that country. And it's always going to be so until the Lord comes back. So just know, you know, ain't going to be no peace in the Middle East. I know we say it all the time. It ain't going to happen. Not until uh, Christ comes back and makes everything new, okay? So what's going on over there, it started all the way back here in Genesis. So it's going to continue to go on over there, okay? So uh, it says here in verse um, 13, also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. Verse 14, and Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness Beersheba. Remember, um, we have um, talked about uh, talked about um, Beersheba means the well of oath, and they're going to make another <clears throat> excuse me oath again. Um, you guys, I know you guys hear my phone going off. That's people trying to get in on the line. I don't know why um, they're not able to get in, but people are blowing my line up. I'm very sorry, but that's my phone buzzing. Um, because people are, you know, trying to get in on my line. They're saying, they're well, they can't get in. All right. So um, anyway, so now we're going to keep on going. So now, and the water was thin in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat down over against, over against him a good way off. Now, remember, we're talking about a lad, not technically a baby. So she didn't put, like, a baby under a shrub. She kind of told the child, you know, lay, lay down there, you know, get up under there. You, remember, they're in the desert. It's hot, and now they're out of water. So they're in the desert, hot, um, no water. Okay, so she is at her wit's end. Okay, and it says here she went and sat, um, uh, and she went and sat. She sat her down over against him a good way off, as it were a bow shot. So basically, as far as you can shoot a bow, so she was close enough where she could hear him. Okay, so she wasn't that far. All right, but she said, "Let me not see the death of the child." And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. Well, not only did she weep, the lad, the child wept. Notice it says lad, and God heard the voice of the lad because he's no longer a baby. You know, when I first hear the story of this, um, I'm thinking she's carrying a baby around uh, the desert, uh, that she's carrying the baby around the desert, and, you know, she, the baby's screaming and yelling, and she can't take it no more, and um, she's trying to um, – you know, calm the baby down, and when she can't take it no more, she throws the baby up under the, the, the brush to keep him cool and turn her back on him so she don't see him die. That's in my mind. But technically, this is a like a 13, 12, 13-year-old child, okay, the lad, all right? So um, God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called out to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, what aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God had heard the voice of the lad where he is. So even though she cried, the lad cried as well, and God 
heard the voice of the lad. Remember, if you go all the way back to Genesis, let's go all the way back to Genesis chapter 16, because technically God is keeping his promise to Hagar, okay? God is keeping his promise. He promised her all the way back in Genesis chapter 16, verse 9. Genesis chapter 16, verse 9, okay? The angel of the Lord said unto her, return to thy mistress, talking about Sarah, and submit thyself under her hand. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. So this is a promise to Hagar about her seed, which is Ishmael, okay? And the angel of the Lord, verse 11, chapter 16, said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord had heard thy affliction. And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. But, you know, the Lord still protected him. Uh, he became an archer, and we're going to go through that later. Okay? So, yes, he was a, a wild man. He was also Arab. Okay? So let's go back to Genesis chapter 21. I wanted you to see that. So God kept his promise. Okay? She said, um, in verse 18, the Lord said, Arise, the angel of God said, Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thy hand. Not him per se, his hand or his arm, you know, a part of him. For I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad to drink. I love this because even in Genesis, uh, the Lord is showing himself as the living water, the well, the living water. He met her the first time at the water in um, Genesis chapter 16, and here we are again in Genesis chapter 21. He met her again at the well, at the water, to show I am the living water. Isn't that just awesome? That just gets me all excited. Um, and so she saw, she opened her eyes, and she saw the well of water. She went and filled, and she gave the lad to drink. And look at there, verse 20. And God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness, just like God said in the scripture, and became an archer. Genesis chapter 16, verse 12. That's where we found that, okay? And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran. And his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. Remember, his mom was originally an Egyptian. She is an Egyptian. So, of course, she took a wife from her nationality. All right. So let's stop there, and we are going to start talking about, you know what, why did he have to send him away? Why did he have to leave? You know, what's really going on? Why, why, why? All right. Well, let's answer a few little questions, all right? Basically, um, on the, um, we're going to talk about, again, what I talked about, what Sarah did was legal in society, but wrong in the will of God, okay? Again, notice Hagar is not called the wife. She is a bondwoman. A bondwoman is a slave, all right? I talked about where weaning takes place. Um, at the feast, though, 
Ishmael starts to mock his rival. So remember, he's about, maybe he's about 13 or 14 by now. Um, Ishmael, up until this time, was the golden child. All right? He was the only son of the all, almighty Abraham, okay? But not the promised blessing. God had already told him, listen, you're going to have children, but it ain't going to be, it's going to be by the wife. Okay, it's going to be by who I say it's going to be by. He said in the scriptures, Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son, even in her old age. And when he said that, he had to back it up with, is there anything too hard for God? Okay, so that's in the scripture. All right? So now, if you go to the New Testament, all right, I want everybody to turn to uh Galatians chapter 4, turn to Galatians chapter 4, because a lot of things um, that in, again, like I said, when, when the New Testament is talking about things, it dates all the way back to the Old Testament. So we're going to start, let's see, verse 22. And hopefully my um, system here is going to act like it's got some sense tonight. All right, so Galatians chapter 4, 29, we'll pick and choose some of them, okay? So Galatians, all right. So what is going on is um, um, Paul is trying to explain a few things because, you know, people are arguing over the law and grace, okay? So he's trying to break it down. What he's saying is verse 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and the other by a free woman. You guys know which is which. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. Now, I'm reading the NIV, okay, just so you guys know. All right. These things are being taken figuratively. What that means is the women represent two covenants, Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother, for it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Shout for joy and cry aloud, you who were never in labor, because more of the children of the desolate uh, woman than of her who has a husband. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh, persecuted by the son born by the power of the spirit, it is the same now. All right? So this is what's going on. These two illustrate two births, a physical birth that makes us sinners in Ishmael, spiritual birth, the promise, okay, birth that makes us children of God came through Isaac. Remember, God gave Abraham a promise, but because 
Sarah tried to help God out, there was a monkey wrench thrown in there. Another child was was born. Now, mind you, it's not the bondwoman or the child's fault, but um, the two cannot um, dwell together, okay? The two cannot um, dwell together. So, again, Beersheba means well of oath, all right? So let's go a little bit deeper. Paul was trying to help the Galatians at this time. We're in, talking about Galatians chapter 4 with their confused spiritual lies, okay? The old covenant was the law, okay, Ishmael. Um, the new covenant, um, Isaac, represents grace. Okay, so old covenant, Ishmael, the law, new covenant, Isaac, grace, all right? What I mean by that is in the old covenant, Hagar was a slave. We are a slave to the law, all right? Sarah, free woman, we are free from the law in grace. Remember, grace came before the law. If you think about it, the law came after. Grace. Grace started it off because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were all under grace. The law didn't even come into play until Moses, okay, which was the children of Israel, you know, the descendants of Abraham. Ishmael was conceived after the flesh. It wasn't how the Lord had it originally designed, but he still blessed um, Ishmael due to the fact that was his um, son, okay? Now, Isaac was miraculously conceived. Remember that? She was good as dead. God was making sure that nobody get the credit but him, all right? Earthly Jerusalem bondage, heavenly Jerusalem, which is free under grace, okay? You see where I'm going with it? I'm trying to show you what the law represents and what grace represents. Ishmael, um, the law, Isaac, grace, all right? All right, so now um, remember, Ishmael was born Abraham's power by his own body, but Isaac was born by God's power because Sarah was past the, the point of being able to conceive, okay? So Hagar versus Sarah is law versus Grace. Ishmael versus Isaac, spirit versus flesh. Okay? So I want you to, to try to look and see where I'm, I'm going with it, okay? Um, again, the old covenant, Ishmael law, the new covenant, Isaac, grace. So what he's trying to say, what Paul is trying to illustrate, the difference between law and grace, and was proving that the believer is not under the law, but under the freedom that comes through God's grace. He broke it down. Hagar was Abraham's second wife, uh, and God began with Sarah, grace. So remember I said it was grace first, Sarah. Then Hagar was added. The law was added. Okay, so the law was added. So just like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, God's grace covered them with clothes 
uh, when they sinned and even gave them a savior, a redeemer. Remember I told you that verse in Genesis chapter um, 3, verse 15, um, that's the first time that Christ, a savior, Christ is mentioned in the Bible, okay? Um, his covenant with Abraham was great. The law came later with his descendant, Moses, okay, Israel. Then the law went away again because we have Jesus Christ, and we're back under grace, just like Hagar. Okay, so just like Hagar had to go away and take your son with you because the grace and, and law cannot dwell together, all right? Spirit and flesh, they can't. Okay, you got to have them separate. So now, he left, um, you know, the, the Galatians basically were concerned uh, with being um, circumcised and observing the Jewish law. So this is why Paul had to come back and reiterate, no, no, no. You, you can't have it both ways. All right? So he wrote him a letter. And in the letter, he talked about Abraham. So basically, Paul is saying is, you know, a person is justified not by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. He's trying to let them see that it, you can't mix the two. All right, and we found those today in uh, Genesis chapter, I mean, Galatians chapter 4, verses, um, <clears throat> excuse me, 22, all the way down through uh, 29. All right, so Paul is saying you must be born again uh, out with the law, way of thinking, and in with the new, which is grace, all right? The law cannot give life or righteousness or the gift of the spirit or a spiritual inheritance. It cannot. It cannot do none of those things. Ishmael basically was a wild man at war with God, old nature, the flesh. The law cannot change or control um, pretty much anyone, it just basically keeps us in bondage. That's what it does, okay? It is impossible to mix law and grace, all right, meaning God's gift of righteousness cannot be earned. I know sometimes we think that it can. It cannot. It was given freely. You can't even earn it. Well, we wasn't worthy of it anyway. It said, you know, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we feel a mess, all right? So now Isaac came in the world through Abraham, who represents faith. Sarah, who represents grace, okay? So he was born by grace through, say that one more time, Isaac came into the world through Abraham, who represents faith. Sarah represents grace. So Isaac was born by grace through faith, okay? He bought joy. His name means laughter. Remember I said that earlier. His name means laughter. Now, salvation is an experience of joy, okay? He was weaned. Salvation is only the beginning. Once you actually accept Christ as your personal Savior, that's when the real work begins. We think that's all there is to it. No, we have to be weaned. We have to, you know, come up off of that milk and get on that meat. We have to grow. And how do you grow? By studying God's word. 
meditating on it day and night. Remember, when we start, when we become uh, uh, Christians or when we accept Christ as our personal Savior, we must grow. All right, so salvation is only the beginning, Psalms 131. Um, He was persecuted. Uh, Ishmael, the flesh, caused problems for Isaac. The scripture says he, he started mocking him, okay? He started mocking him. Just as our old nature, the flesh, causes problems for us. Ishmael was not a problem in the home until Isaac was born. Ah, so what does that mean? Basically, we don't have issues until the new nature enters when we start following Christ. So as long as we're out of the street doing everything that we are grown enough to do, there's really no problem. But the minute we try to live Christ-like, the old nature tries to keep us from from becoming new, all right? It's always there. We're always going to, you know, fight with it. Basically, Abraham, um, you know, he received uh, several blessings from God over his um, obedient faith, all right? He received um, a new approval from God. All right, so he's, you know, he's trying to tell him, listen, this is the child of promise. This is who I want. This is who I said was coming. This other one has to go. You got to send the old away. The flesh has to die. It has to disappear because the child of promise have now um, entered, okay? So, again, you know, we're not saying that everything was, was uh, wrong, but what Sarah did was legal in society, but wrong in the will of God. Because everywhere in Scripture, she is never called the second wife or the baby mama. She is called the bondwoman or the slave. All right? All right. So now, um, again, Paul makes it clear that Ishmael represents the believer's first, first birth, which is a flesh, the flesh birth. Isaac represents the second birth, which is the spirit. Ishmael, again, born of the flesh because Abraham had not yet died and was still able to be dad a son. Ain't that what I just said? I want you guys to get this. Genesis chapter 16. Isaac was born of spirit because why? By that time, both his parents were dead and only God's power could have brought the conception and the birth. Not just to have her get pregnant, but to carry a child for nine months. That's a lot. All right? So um, Ishmael was born first because the natural comes before the spiritual. Okay? So the natural birth comes before the spiritual birth. First Corinthians um, 15. So just remember, um, that's what it represents, okay? So it represents the um, the spirit and the flesh, all right? The spirit and the flesh, all right? And God was with the lad, and he grew, and he dwelt in, in the wilderness and became an archer, verse 21. 
He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. And it came to pass, um, time that Abimelech, and uh, he called the um, chief captain of his host, spake unto Abraham. So now, here we're going into another covenant. All right, we're going into another covenant. Basically, I'm going to get through this pretty quickly because I want to end tonight on um, another note, okay? So basically what happened is um, they left. They left. They went on out. All right, um, again, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Uh, let's see here. Though ye be not, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them, who through faith and patience inherit. I don't think he was that uh, patient, but he still, because God felt that he did what he was supposed to do, God always keeps his promises. He always keeps his promises. All right? So now, excuse me. In Galatians chapter 3, I want you guys to write this down. Galatians chapter 3, verses 19 through 25. All right. So basically the wilderness of Paran is um, adjacent to the land of Midian. And when I was reading that um, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, where did I hear um, the land of Midian. I've heard that land before. Basically, I've heard that name too. Basically, uh, Midian um, was the son of Ab- was another son of Abraham, and we'll talk about him later. Joseph, though, was sold by the Midianites who came across him, and they sold him to the um, Ishmaelites. That's funny um, because these are all brothers, kin. These are all kin people. Okay. Um, Basically, Midian was where Moses spent 40 years in voluntary exile after killing an Egyptian. All right. Um, Moses married Zipporah, the daughter of Jethro, the priest of Midian. So I knew I had heard the name um, Midian before, but if you if you thought that sounded familiar, um, that's what it is. Okay. Now, in verses 22, 31. Abraham runs into a fellow by the name of Abimelech and uh, to call his chief captain of hosts, all right? So what's going on is they're arguing over a well. Remember, you guys, Abraham is out here dwelling in these, um, in the desert. So it's hot. There's no water. People are stealing each other's wells because, remember, Abraham's traveling with a crew. He's got over 300, you know, People plus cattle, um, you know, he's got all these people, and they all drank out of the same well. They bathed all out the same water. They all drank out of the same well. But back in those days, water was scarce. So if you find a well of water, like you've got a hot commodity, all right? So what had happened is Abimelech sees who Abraham is, not only did he see, he probably heard, because Abraham's a big dude. He's a he's a sheik, okay? He's what they considered a sheik, okay? And Abraham, what he told him was, he said, listen, I need you to swear unto me by God that they will not deal falsely with me, nor my son, nor my son's son, but according to the kindness that I have done unto you. That's verse 23. And Abraham said, I will swear. 
And Abraham reproved Abimelech because of a well of water. Basically, he corrected him or he criticized him over a well of water. Basically, Abimelech's servant had violently taken the well of water. That's verse 25. Verse 26, Abimelech said, um, you know, I didn't do it and neither did I know anything about it. But today, I just found out about it. You know, remember, Abraham believed in the true, one true and living God. You can best believe he has a reputation around the area. All right? He's done, done a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. So everybody know, knows of Abraham. Okay, so what happened after all of that? Basically, the two got together. They made an oath. In verse 28, uh, Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. And then Abimelech said, uh, Abraham, what does this mean? Why you got these sitting over here by themselves? Verse 30, he said, for these seven lambs shall thou take off of my hand. They may be a witness unto me that I have digged this well. So what he's saying is, now, we gonna me and you. We gonna make a covenant. I done dug this well. This is my well, and you gonna make sure that your people don't come up on me and take the well. All right. Wherefore he called the place Beersheba because they uh, both. Uh, remember, I said it's the well of oath. That's what Beersheba means. Uh, thus they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech rose up, he took his chief captain with him, and they returned to the land of the Philistines. And Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God, and Abraham surjoined in the Philistines' land many days. All right, so we are going to end it there tonight because there is something near and dear to my heart that um, happened, and I feel it needs to be addressed. Okay? So um, we ended up, we're going to stop at uh, Genesis chapter 21 tonight, and tonight we are going to talk a little a bit about the watchtower, okay? Um, now, station, there's a gas station like right up the street from my house, and I'm telling you it hardly ever fails. There's one like on one corner, and then if you go down a few blocks, there's another gas station, and every time I get out of my car and start pumping gas, Somebody walked up to me with a watchtower. For those of you who do not know what a watchtower is, the watchtower is the book that the Jehovah Witness, uh, um, the kingdom, um, the people at the kingdom hall, Jehovah Witness, they walk up to people and they hand, they walk up to people and they hand it to you, okay? But this is what the Lord had been trying to show me. This was like the third time it had happened to me in about six months. And the first two times, I didn't get it. I, 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 here's my thing. Once I started studying God's word, I'm very confident. Not saying I know everything about God's word, but I know what God's word is not, okay? And I, I'm not going to argue God's word with you because I do study it for myself, and I pray and I meditate a lot over God's word. So when they handed me the, the watchtower, the spirit of the Lord said to me this, and this is what I came home and I wrote down, okay? So this is all in, in, in writing, okay? I just started writing when I came home. So the other day, someone walked up to me while I was pumping gas and handed me a watchtower. Before me, I watched this same person pumping gas to me. He was a white guy. He walked up to him first. I also noticed 
that he was the passenger in a car and someone else was driving. So the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. The first thing he said was, look at them showing Christ with no fear. Yeah, no fear. Why do I say that? He got out of the car. He walked up to the people, everybody that he went to, strong in his conviction, and offered him a watchtower. He did not introduce himself. He didn't say, I'm Reverend so-and-so, Pastor so-and-so, Minister so-and-so, Evangelist so-and-so, Deacon so-and-so. Nope. He got out of the car with a smile on his face. Very warm, very inviting, okay? He didn't try to preach to the man. He didn't tell the man he was going to hell. He didn't, you know, because I watched the guy operate before he even got to me because I'm paying, I'm very observant, okay? Um, I was reading a sign on the church billboard the other day. It said prayer is more listening than talking. So I was listening pretty much to what God was trying to get across to me because Three watchtowers in a six-month period, and I still hadn't got it, okay? He wasn't um, worried about getting cussed at, yelled at, and he wasn't worried about hearing no. That's something I know. I know sometimes I got a problem hearing somebody tell me no. It bothers me more than anything to hear no, especially when I know I'm right man was not worried about that. All he wanted to do was hand out the watchtower. That's it. No hoopla, no big deal. Okay? He wasn't worried about hearing a no. Then he let his conviction and what he had in his hand speak for him. He didn't beat him down with the word. He didn't try to look like somebody he was not. He didn't try to preach. He didn't do any of that. He let what he had in his hand speak for him. I, I hope y'all are hearing me. Um, he didn't have on a collar. He didn't introduce himself. He didn't even invite nobody to his church. Something that I find interesting about the Jehovah Witness is that all Jehovah Witness teach the same thing. Am I saying that they're right in what they teach? That is not what I just said. So don't misinterpret the message. I want you to hear me out. All Jehovah Witnesses teach exactly the same thing. There is no Baptist Jehovah Witness, Methodist Jehovah Witness, Church of God in Christ Jehovah Witness, Apostolic Jehovah Witness, Pentecostal Jehovah Witness, AME Jehovah Witness, CME Jehovah Witness, am I saying that they are right about what they're teaching? No. What I'm talking about is the way they witness, the way that they witness. The way they witness is right and easy. It's not complicated, okay? They smile. They say hello. And they hand out a watchtower. Now. You have free choice, free will to go home and read it. That may be the only Jesus, Lord, God, whatever y'all want to call him, 
that somebody sees that day, that month, maybe even the whole year. But are they teaching the right? No. But are they effective? Yes, they are effective, okay? All they can say is no. The people that they give the watchtower to, all they have to say is no. But what about all the yeses that they get when the, when the people accept the watchtower and go home and read it, okay? Number two, most people in the world that don't go to church know somebody that does go to church. And most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, that is why they don't go to church. They see us acting like a hypocrite, meaning we act one way at church on Sunday, and then on Monday through Saturday, we are the mean-spiritedest, ugliest people on the planet. We cuss, we drink, we smoke, we have no forgiveness, not even to family members. Half the time we don't speak to family members because we into it with them. You don't see no God in us sometime until that Sunday come back around again. Then you running down the church, speaking in tongues, falling out, praising God. You got your nice, cute little Bible, okay? And I'm talking about everybody. Me sometimes included. Sometimes I am not the easiest person to get along with. But when you know yourself, that's, that's when God can start working on you. You understand what I'm saying? They want to shout the church up and down, run down the aisle, carrying a Bible that I'm pretty sure that they do not read, especially not Monday through Friday or Monday through Sunday, Saturday. Okay, they wear the right hat, the new suit, the shoes, the hair done, nails done, smile with them pearly white, and so be black as I don't know what. So how are we to reach people? Because the, the scripture says we're not just supposed to sit up in the church, that we're supposed to go into all nations teaching. Well, who's going to listen to you if you don't know what you're talking about? If you don't even open the book on Sunday for 15 minutes when the pastor reads the scripture, or two hours on Wednesday when you go to um, Wednesday night Bible study. All right, so the first thing we need to do is let God deal with us. That's hard because most of us don't see us the way God sees us. I'm talking about the real us, you know, the us behind closed doors that be clowning. I ain't talking about the us that's out in public looking and acting like a Christian. I'm talking about the when we get behind the closed doors, okay? We don't think anything is wrong with us and don't feel like we need changing. I once told somebody that it's hard to look at the real you in the mirror, flaws and all, because a lot of us wear masks. Second, we need to know who God is. The reason why that man was able to go around and hand out a watchtower, because if somebody had questions, he is ready and willing to answer the questions. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying the way they witness is, okay? It's hard to talk about somebody or someone you don't know. And I'm talking about us trying to talk about Jesus Christ. It's hard when you don't read 
the basic instructions before leaving earth, the B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. That's what the Bible is, you guys. Um, I'm not talking about what church you attend, what women's day you're over, that you're president of the pastor's aid, that your husband's the head deacon in the church. That is not what people want to hear. How much do you study God's word weekly? How much time do you spend in prayer, not just for yourself, but other people? If you don't understand sometimes what you read, do you call a brother or a sister in Christ and say, hey, I'm, I'm studying right now, and there's some things. Help me out. Open up the scriptures with me. Uh, you know, talk with me. Do you study the scriptures for um, just personal knowledge or to help somebody else? What good is having knowledge and you don't even share it with anybody? So that is the one thing I want to challenge everybody as we grow in the knowledge of God's word. I want us to be able to share Jesus without fear because as misguided as some things that they say are, that word to all the people he said yes is getting through to them, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. See, I'm just crazy enough to come home and read a watchtower. And in the watchtower, I found, they they called themselves quoting, it was James chapter 1, verse 17. And this is what their version says. Every good gift and perfect present is from above, coming down from the Father of the celestial lights. Now y'all know daggone good and well that is not what the what the what the scripture says. Okay? So I pulled out my Bible. James chapter one verse seventeen. Every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That's what the word says out of the Bible I read. That's the King James Version. So even though they shared Jesus, does it line up? So I'm challenging everybody for the next week or so. This is what me and Harmony did, my little girl. We went and got us some index cards. And we wrote affirmations on them like, you are beautiful. Have a nice day. Uh, you mean something. We didn't put any scripture on them, nothing. And we just walked up to people and handed it to them. Because that's a foot in the door. If you are afraid to share Jesus without fear, then what good are you to the kingdom of God? Because that's what it's all about. So in this Bible study, you guys, I'm challenging all of us to where we are soltable in, in the Lord that we are able to share Jesus without fear. All right? So I, I just want to say God bless you. God keep you. God cause his face to shine up on you and give you peace. Until next week, God bless everybody.
Thanks for listening. Good night. <laughs>